You're listening to The Devoted Podcast, where our desire is to be women devoted to the Word of God. We're so glad you're here, and we pray you'll be challenged and encouraged as we look to God's Word together. Hey guys, welcome back to The Devoted Podcast. So glad you are tuning in to us today. Funny thing about this episode today, guys, I'm I'm recording this actually just after the election, and you guys are all probably like, please, please don't take us back to that week. So don't worry. I'm not going to, because seriously, what would be the point of that? You know, the news changes pretty much every five minutes, and then this would be totally irrelevant anyway. But guess what does not change? And that is God's word. And I'm so thankful for that. And so it's kind of, again, I just get so excited and I'm so blessed that what we do here on the Devoted Podcast is to look to God's word and the things that are just ever changing about it. And it's so encouraging. I just get more and more excited about God's word the more I study it, the more you're in it. And I hope that you guys are getting that same enthusiasm for the Word of God. I just love it so much. Before we jump into where I want to head today, just a couple reminders here. We are wrapping up our first season of episodes. I cannot believe that. In case you guys did not notice, I don't follow much of a theme with these things, right? You know, who knows? Maybe someday the Lord will grant me the desires of my organizational heart over here and show me what he has, where we're headed for an entire season. But at least for now, as I continue to pray about what he has for the Devoted Podcast each week, it just hasn't been working that way. So I love hearing from you guys, which I do. And if you're out there going, oh, I should, you know, message in. And yes, do. I love hearing from you guys. You can send an email to the Devoted Podcast at atheecreek.com. How else can you reach me? You could probably find us on Instagram on Athe Women. You can check us out there or on Facebook. We're on Athe Women there too. And you can message me there. But I love to hear from you guys, because what I love is hearing the ways in which the word just encourages you guys wherever you're at. And it's funny because, like I said, I've not been real awesome at finding like a consistent theme or a direction. That's not really what the Lord has put on my heart, at least for this particular, this inaugural season that we've done. That's not really how it's been working. I will say, like I said, I would love if the Lord would say, hey, here's the direction for this entire season that you're going to be doing. But It just hasn't happened that way yet. So it could change. But for now, this is the course that the Lord has set us on. But this has been such a fun and successful first run of the Devoted Podcast. And I just want to thank you guys for that. If you guys have been encouraged by what you've heard here, please share it. Let's like spread the word of God wherever we possibly can. I think particularly in these days when it just doesn't feel real great to be tuning into the news or the other things that are out there. The word is always what we need, guys. It just always is. And I I so love that. So share this and let's keep the word on our minds and on our hearts wherever wherever we're going. So, but like I said, this is we're kind of concluding this first run. I'm gonna take a break for the month of December and do a little bit of writing on the spring study that we're gonna have at Athe Women. So I'm gonna be taking a little bit of a break on the podcast, but I'll come back in January. So the best way for you guys to kind of keep up for when a new episode lands or whatever is just to click the subscribe button. And then that way it will just come back into your playlists on Apple or Spotify, wherever you guys listen to this stuff. That way you'll just know when new stuff comes up. So anyway, that's kind of the rundown. We have 
maybe one more episode after this. I'm not totally sure, guys. But either way, it's just been so fun. Who would have known that it would just be such a kick to read God's Word and speak to women from God's Word right here in my closet? Because if you follow me on Instagram, then you've seen that every once in a while I'll post a picture of when it's recording day. And it's my really glamorous setup here in my closet, guys. So just in case you were wondering how fancy I am, but that's pretty much it. So so where I want to talk today is really just about what has been encouraging my heart today. You know, I woke up pretty early this morning, which is not super uncommon, really. I tend to get up pretty early. I used to not love that, and or I used to be like, it was I, I would have to discipline myself and set an alarm and wake up super early. And whatever I did, I was really blessed to be up and spend that extra time in the Word. But I'll be very serious. It was work to get up early. The older I've gotten, I just kind of wake up, which my husband does not understand that. And he just can't figure out why I don't just go back to sleep. But I can't. I can't go back to sleep. But I find that when I can't go back to sleep, I always just feel like... Lord, you got me up here for a reason. And this morning, like I said, I got up a little early, but I didn't get out, or I should say I woke up a little early, but I didn't get out of bed right away. I just kind of laid there. And as I was laying there, this is the cool thing that the Lord put on my heart this morning. When we were working on the Way of the Word Bible study that we just finished up for Psalm 119, and there is a verse in there in verse 62 of 119 that says, At midnight I rise to praise you because of your righteous rules. And when I was studying that, it just kind of hit me that it says, At midnight when I rise to praise you. And often, I'm sure I'm not alone. I'm sure there have been many of you guys out there that wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, oh, it's 2 a.m. Why am I not sleeping? And so you often do probably what I do and you just start to pray. Lord, let's just give everything to you. You know, First Peter 5, 7 says, give all your worries and cares to God for he cares for you. And he does. And he's so good. I feel like in those middle of the night hours when it's quiet half your brain is kind of wanting to sleep, but the other half is racing or whatever it's doing. And so it does give you that really sweet time to pray for the people that are on your heart or pray for a situation that's going on. And I do think that is so valuable. And I think that the Lord wants to take those cares from us all the time. Whenever we want to lay them down, He wants to do that for us. I love that reminder. But I also was a little challenged by this verse in Psalm 119 that says, At midnight I rise to praise you. And I thought, you know, Lord, I'm probably doing okay at my middle of the night stuff and casting all my cares and worries at your feet. You know, that's what I want to be doing. But am I praising you through those moments? Am I actually praising you for being awake at that hour? I don't know that the Lord is literally asking us to say, Thank you, Lord, that I'm not sleeping. But This morning as I woke up really early, you know, there's been so much unrest this week and worry and uncertainty in what's going on. By the time you guys are listening to this, this, you know, will probably be old news. Who knows? You know, we still where I am right now, we don't know who wins the election. All this uncertainty. I tend to, in my fleshly self, just get a little worked up about that stuff sometimes. And have to constantly just be coming back to the Lord and going, Lord, you reign. You are the one that's in control. And you have just all of these things. And I have been really praying those things a lot this week, you know. And so this morning when I woke up crazy early, I love that the thing that the Lord first brought to my mind was that verse in 
Psalm 119, verse 62, when it says, at midnight, I rise to praise you. And so I did that. I just started thinking about all the things that I love about the Lord. And it just instantly takes your mind off of the things that you might be worrying about or the things that you really have no control over anyway and puts your focus rightly on where it should be. And my mind, I just started going through this list of all the things that I could praise God for. What are the things that you can praise God for right now, wherever you're sitting and listening to this? What can we praise God for? In my quiet time this morning, after I did finally peel myself out of bed, right, and I really woke up just in a way better mind, mindset, I guess, than I had anticipated for today. But I think it was just because I was focusing on the things that I could praise the Lord for. And in my quiet time, I was reading in Psalm, just in my regular through the Bible reading where I happened to be. And I read in Psalm seventy-seven nineteen, and it says, your way was through the sea, your path through the great waters, yet your footprints were unseen. And this is, again, one of those funny things, how I've talked about this before. I think I just talked about this in a devoted live, or maybe it was in the way of the word study, but where you know how something, you read something, and it's, oh, that's that's a great verse. And then a couple days later, it pops up again. And, and then you'll hear like a worship song that'll have like the exact same verse in it, and you're like, wow. Well, this particular verse came up a week or so ago. I was doing a little video devotional thing. And I was speaking about this, and, and the Lord had just really kind of stirred in me of this cool verse, and I was reading it in conjunction with a, a Spurgeon devotional, and I just loved this verse. But then today what popped out on it was, your way was through the sea. That word through. I kind of feel like during stressful times in our culture or stressful times in our family life or marriage or whatever the situation is, I often am like, can we just skip this part? Can we just, you know, take a little detour and just kind of look and see how this turned out from the other side, but can we just skip it, you know? I would love that. I and I think our we sort of are have a propensity to do that now. I don't know if you're like me, but I cannot handle watching commercials. I can't. So if I am watching TV, which isn't very often because it's really depressing and awful most of the time. But if I'm watching something and if I'm watching the news, I will either mute the commercials so I don't have to hear them, or hopefully I've recorded it so that I can be ahead of it and I can just get right through it. I don't know what my thing is with commercials, but I really, really dislike them. And I just want to skip this part. I just want to skip it. This morning as I woke up and thought, Hmm, Psalm 77, 19, your way is through the sea. Some of the stuff that's going on in our culture right now, in our schools, all of the things that is just really a byproduct of our sin nature, right, guys? It's stuff that we just would kind of like to skip. Can we just skip this part? Let me know how it shakes out at the end, but I really just want to skip this part. Coronavirus lockdown. Can we can can we just skip it? right? Online learning. Can, can we just skip this? Can this be in the rearview mirror? And can we go, huh, let's just see how that worked out on the other side. But sometimes we're, we lose our endurance, I suppose, a bit to want to go through it. And I loved this psalm today because it was reminding me that God's way is through the sea. We know that he is with us. We know that he is with us in everything. The word tells us that over and over. He's going through it with us. We don't get to skip this part, but we're in capable hands, aren't we? Your way was through the sea, your path through the great waters. Again, the through part there. 
And then this last little piece, yet your footprints were unseen. I got to be honest, I'm still chewing on that part because the footprints unseen, I know that there's so many times that we're going on a path and we kind of, we know the Lord is with us, right? But we sometimes don't see those footprints. And you remember the old poem, you know, the footprints in the sand one. And I, if I tried to recite it to you, I would completely mess it up. But I think at the end of it, it says something in there where, you know, the times where there was only one set of footprints, those were the times that you were carrying me. I love that. I think that's so encouraging. And I think that's so true. But these footprints, this idea that God is walking through this with us. It's just that, like it says in the psalm here, that it's, it might be unseen. Your footprints are unseen, but his presence is non-negotiable. His presence is totally here. And then, like I told you, I'm reading through my Bible reading, and so I was in Psalm 77, and then the next place that it took me was right immediately to Psalm 78. And Psalm 78 is kind of a long psalm, but it goes on and on with a recount, basically, of all the ways that God delivered Israel from Egypt, from the wilderness. And it just, it, it, it talks about all the miracles, basically, that God did to deliver his people. I mean, it gives each example. It, it talks about him making water come out of a rock, right? I mean, do you ever think about that sometimes? You know, sometimes we read these Bible stories or we see these pictures or we hear about these miracles in the Bible and we almost trivialize them to the place where they don't seem real. But think about that. Like, I mean, literally, he got water out of a rock. And yet, I think that hit me today as I'm reading this psalm that's going on and on about all the things that God had done. Big things, guys. Things that should have been completely impossible. And yet, we meander through our days right now, and I'm absolutely 100% putting myself in this boat, going, well, this is impossible. How are we going to get out of this? Why does sin seem to be prevailing in our culture? Or why is this roadblock here? This is an impossible situation. We can't, there's nothing that can be done. How quickly do I go there? Do we go there where we're just like, yeah, we just kind of throw in the towel and go, yeah, this just isn't, we can't do anything about it. Man, read Psalm 78. Guys, he got water to come out of a rock. And yet this God, this is the God that is with us through these waters. This is the God who gets water out of a rock that we sometimes kind of scratch our head and go, ah, I gosh, I'm stuck. I, I don't know. How am I going to get through this? Isn't that kind of ironic? He gets water out of a rock. There is nothing impossible for God. But oh, how quickly I sell him short. So I just loved these little reminders this morning. And so I kind of just wanted to spend a little bit of time of walking you through my mind this morning on, you know, what is just kind of my focus. And I, man, I'm, I'm just praying that the Lord keeps this my focus because truly I just have a peace today that I know is only from the Lord. When we're in those spots where we're kind of like, maybe it's that midnight moment when you're worried and anxious and you are praying through some things that are going on. Those moments where we need to also remember to praise. What are the things that we can praise the Lord for? And there are far too many to count. If we went through all of them, we could not ever do this in even an entire season of podcasts, right? Maybe maybe the Lord will give me that someday and he'll give me a whole season to talk about all the different attributes of who the Lord is. 
But I just wanted to highlight a couple because this is what I was doing this morning, guys. This is as I was laying in bed this morning, praising the Lord, because God, you are dot, dot, dot. One of the things I love, God is faithful. Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. So many things I love about this, guys, reminding us again, our God, therefore the Lord your God is God. He's faithful. He's steadfast. He keeps covenant with us. And he doesn't do it just for just for now. It says to a thousand generations. I always love when we read passages in scripture that talk about the generations or the heritage that we can have with our families, because I do think that's so important, especially, you know, if you are a mom, man, the example that you're setting to your kids is so important as you're teaching them about the Lord that is faithful, that is steadfast. Those, those are the things that stick. And those are the things that go to a thousand generations. Isn't that so encouraging? But God is faithful. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way to escape that you may be able to endure it. Boy, we probably will keep coming back to this one, right? I mean, it sometimes feels like our situations, our trials are just a little bit more than we can handle this time. This thing, Lord, this might be the thing that breaks the camel's back. But it's not because his word is true. Our God is faithful. And we have this reminder here in 1 Corinthians that tells us he's not going to let you be put through a fire that you can't endure. I love that it says he will provide a way of escape. Sometimes when I hear that, it can almost register in this overachiever brain of mine of like, oh, but that's quitting. That's like, you know, taking the easy way out to escape something. But I need to fight against those things of my flesh. No, not that I, I, I of course, I want to work hard and I want to see things through and have good follow through and all of those things. Absolutely. But keep in mind this attitude, this idea that he will provide a way of escape. I think it just provides this picture of the Lord that is kind of the hero in the story, right? He is the one that wants to save us. And often our own sin nature wants to be like, no, I, you know, I'm going to stick this out. I can do this. But we need to look to the one who wants to save us, that wants to provide that way for escape, and we need to take it. But there's the other side of that too, right, where we just feel like this is just too much. He wants to be the hero in the story. I love that. But God is faithful. God is also good. Praising God that he is so good. This was one of my absolute favorite verses as we've studied Psalm 119. In verse 68, it says, the first part of it says, you are good and you do good. Man, I have said that little phrase over and over and over again for the last several months. Because when things around us don't feel anything like that, you are good, God, and you do good. Do we believe that part? I love how Nahum 1.7, it says, The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those who take refuge in him. Boy, that verse right there has a couple things that God is to us. He is good. God is our stronghold. Referencing back even to that 1 Corinthians of being our stronghold in the day of trouble, that we won't have to go through things that we he will provide a way out for us. 
And he knows who take refuge in him. He is a refuge for us. He wants to be a shelter for us. Mark 10, 18 says, this is Jesus calling on, and I wanted to point this out because what are we calling good here? And Jesus says in Mark 10, 18, he says, why do you call me good? The, the Pharisees were saying good teacher, and they were calling him good teacher. And he says, why do you call me good? He says, no one is good except God alone. What I love about that is that it's pulling out for us that he is actually the whole essence of the things that are good. If anything's good, it's because it's from God. You know, in James 1.17, when it says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, with whom there is no change or shifting shadows. Love that. Every good and perfect gift is from above. But then Jesus tells us in Mark, here that we just read, that no one's good except God alone. If we ever wonder that for a second, right, just just think about our own propensities for the things that we get into, or if you've ever had a toddler, nope. No one is good. And we've bought into this huge in our culture. We're like, no, people are basically good. And all of no, it's that's a total lie. God is good. And I love that Jesus is saying, no one's good even except God. Our God is also mighty. I love to meditate on that one for a while. Job 36, 5 says, Behold, God is mighty and does not despise any. He is mighty in strength of understanding. The two things that I'm loving in that verse, behold, it's God is mighty. When we picture that, it's, it is sort of that, that hero that saves the day. It's the strong picture. It's the strength of the Lord, right? That he comes in and he is mighty and he is mighty to save. But then I love that it adds that it's not even always just this physical strength. It's that he is mighty in strength of understanding. There's such compassion in that word right there that and I think for me, it takes me back to the where we were talking earlier that God is with us through these waters, right? He is with us. He understands that we don't really want to go through this right now. He knows that we want to skip this part. He knows that whatever trial comes our way, we would really rather take the, the shortcut. But he is mighty in strength of understanding because he, he knows us better than we know ourselves. And he understands the things that we're going to need even before we do. You have that friend or maybe it's your spouse that gets you a gift for Christmas or, or something. And it's something that you open it and you're like, oh, this is amazing. But you never said that you wanted it. You know, you never actually articulated that like, oh, I really want one of these or, you know, whatever. But you open it and, you, and, and it's just like, oh, man, th this, is, this is so perfect for me. In a very small way, I feel like that's what that this is with the Lord. He knows us. His understanding of us is beyond what we even know about ourselves. Man, isn't that something to praise the Lord for? Deuteronomy 3, 24. Oh, Lord God, you have only begun to show your servant your greatness and your mighty hand. For what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do such works and mighty acts as yours? What a great reminder. Again, talking about the mightiness and the greatness of God, but reminding us who can do such works and mighty acts as, as yours. It's funny how 
when we kind of get immersed in whether it's our political climate going on or whatever, as if those people, whether it's our the school board or, you know, other local officials or state reps or on the federal level, those are the people that have the control, right? That That's what our brains say, that that's the one who has the, that they are controlling and orchestrating all the things that are, that's going on. But this is just such a good reminder to say your greatness, your mighty hand, what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do such works and mighty acts as yours? It's a rhetorical question. Nobody, nobody can do what the Lord is. Yet we put so much stock in the things of our leaders and different things like that, that we think that they're the ones that pull the string. But it's not that. It's God who can do such works and such mighty acts as yours. I also love this in Psalm 62, 7. On God rests my salvation and my glory, my mighty rock, my refuge is God. So many things right there. Who God is. He is our salvation. He is our glory. He's our mighty rock and our refuge. Four things. When you're laying there at midnight or 3 a.m., whichever it might be, you got four things right there in Psalm 62, 7 that you can praise the Lord for, that he's our salvation, he's our glory, our mighty rock, and our refuge. I don't think we could ever provide an exhaustive list for all these things of what God is and the things that we would have to praise him for. Just a little Bible study tip. If you're ever like, man, I, I just don't know where to study and where to start and all that kind of stuff. I mean, remember, the first thing I always tell you guys is have a reading plan, because even if you're not sticking to it, every single day, making sure every box is checked. It is something that when you open the word that day, you're going to know, hey, this is this is where I'm at. I love to read the chronological plan because I love to see the time in which it happened and what came first and all that kind of stuff. It's just fascinating to me to read it that way. I've mixed it up several times, but I usually fall back to that one. But another one is to go to the back of your Bible, you know, the note section that like nobody ever wants to check. But if you have a study Bible, or if you have a Thompson chain reference Bible or anything with have any kind of cross reference, I don't even know if you have to have all of those. Maybe it's even just in regular study notes, but there's usually like an alphabetical index in the back. And it's kind of one of those things nobody really looks back there. I don't think very much, myself included, for years. I just didn't, I just kind of acted like that was the part of the Bible that nobody really needed, but it was in every single Bible, and they sure spent a whole lot of pages on it. But if you go, like, in my Bible, I have a Thompson Chain Reference Bible, you can go to the back, and you can just look at God. Just look up God in the alphabetical index, and then it'll give you all of these concordance references for all the things that God is. And it'll talk about places you can study the abilities of God. You can look at the ways in which God draws near to us, his excellence, his faithfulness, like we've already talked about, his glory, his greatness, his immutability, his justice, his kingdom, all these things. I mean, guys, it goes on in its little tiny handwriting for almost a full page in the back. And then it takes you to sections where you can study each of those and all of the different verses where those are. And you can look in the Word and just go, man, what are all the, these verses that show me the perfection of God? What are all the ways, all these verses in the Word that show me the grace of God, the love of God? All of these are in here, His righteousness, all of these. I don't know, guys, and maybe you guys are listening to this going, Aim, I really don't know why you're getting all excited about this today. But I think it's because 
there's so much in the world that is just so distracting. And whenever you're reading it, whenever you're seeing it, it just, you just don't come away feeling super awesome. No, you really don't. And I think it's because this morning as I laid in my bed and remembered this verse in Psalm 119 about praising God, that's kind of the place we want to start. Could we each start our days that way? Another thing of many, if I could just pick maybe one more, we'll see if I can stop at one more, but the peace, that God is our peace. That is a word that sometimes I feel like the 70s kind of tainted for us, right? And everything became kind of this funky little political war, peace movement, you know, whatever. But the true peace of God, who does not want that? I mean, at any time. But right now, man, I love to meditate on that. John 14, 27 says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. It's the peace of God that we need. We don't need a particular outcome, right? Like from our world, we don't need a particular mandate to come down from the governor one way or the other, or we don't need a particular decision on that job maybe that you've been wanting or whatever or applying for. Like those, those are all things that are happening in our lives for sure. But that's not where our peace is going to come from. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. And it's not. He's very clear. <laughs> he's very clear. It's not as the world gives. Because the stuff that the world gives us is, if anything, it gives us peace that's very temporary in, in the short term. But it goes away and it's not eternal. Whereas God's peace is truly eternal. I love, it makes me think of when we've talked about the Samaritan woman and, and Jesus, or the woman asking Jesus for the living water, because he, sa- he points out to her, he's like, well, the water that you're getting here, you're going to get thirsty again. It's temporary. It's the same thing. But the water that Jesus gives, the peace that Jesus gives, that isn't temporary. That is, that's permanent. I also love Philippians 4, 7, the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This is a verse that we often pray, right? Lord, would you give us your peace that surpasses understanding? And I think that has, I, I mean, the Lord has answered that prayer for me countless times in my life about situations that there was absolutely zero reason I should have had any peace about. And I have asked the Lord, Lord, would you give me your peace that surpasses understanding? And he has been so faithful to do that. And the thing is, is when you when you pray that and the Lord comes in, like almost think of that escape, that hero peace that we were talking about earlier, when he comes in and he delivers that peace, your situation usually has not changed. It's not that something came in and absolutely made everything all right and everything perfect the way you thought it should be. Often it's still a big mess or they're still hurt. But yet there's this peace there that just, it doesn't make any sense. But I love the second part of that verse when it says, that peace that surpasses understanding, it says it will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I love that picture of the guard. You know, I picture the armor. I go to the armor of God, even passage, and I think of that type of thing, something that's physically guarding our hearts and minds. 
And I think we need that because if we don't ask for the Lord to give us his peace that surpasses all understanding, what happens? Our minds just kind of go there, don't they? They kind of, they wander, they think of the absolute worst possible scenario to whatever it is that's in front of us. We're just certain it's going to be that way. Maybe that's just my personality. I don't know. But guys, I'm terrible at that. I am awful at going, okay, if this is the way that this road trip is supposed to work with our family, then I'm like, oh, okay, well, where are we going to get that flat tire? We're probably going to run out of gas. You know, have we thought about if this hotel is going to have flood damage and we're not going to be able to stay there? I mean, guys, literally things I think about, what is wrong with me? But if we don't ask the Lord to give, if we don't take on the Lord's peace, that's the propensity of our minds to go there, to just kind of wander and basically not be on guard. It's not guarding our hearts and our minds when we allow our minds to just go out of control a little bit. Instead, he's saying the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, that's the thing that's going to guard our hearts and minds. And we want to stay guarded in the best possible way. We want to guard our heart and our mind. One of our other verse on peace here, Isaiah 26, 3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. I think this goes just hand in hand with that Philippians verse that we just read. Allowing our minds to not letting them wander, but instead it's saying, keep our minds stayed on you because we trust in him. I wonder if the reason that the Lord just kind of brought all of these things to mind, they're all just these amazing things about the Lord. And for me today, guys, it just put my mind exactly where it needed to be. Focused on the God who is mighty, the God who is our peace, the God who is good. There's just so many things that our minds want to wander and want to think through and go, man, this is going to be bad. And uh, we just, again, we, we go to that worst possible scenario. And you can spend your time thinking about that. We can, and we often do. But you know the feeling you're going to get. You know you're going to feel anxious. You can even see it on your face. You know, sometimes when you you think that, oh, no, I, I'm fine. You know, a, a family member, we always call my my oldest is kind of my, my, we call him the canary in the coal mine a little bit because he has this weird sense. He can walk into a room and see a look on mom's face and go, you okay? You sure you're okay? We're not okay when we're not guarding our hearts and minds with the peace of, with the peace of Christ. I love just these reminders. I needed to be in these scriptures today, and maybe you did too. Maybe you need to flip back to your Bible, the back of the section, and just look at all the things that God is. Because when you look at that list, you will be overwhelmed, and it's very easy to go, wow, the Lord truly is everything that we need. He is everything that we need. Even though we feel like there's all these tangible things around us that are so much more pressing— But his kingdom and what he has, what he is, is so much more. It is so much greater. So I hope this encourages you a little bit. Maybe go back, look up some of these verses, flip to the back of your Bible, look and see if there's one that just pops out. Maybe there's one attribute of who God is that you want to study. I talked about maybe four or five. Guys, there is scores of these. There's so many. There's so many that you can study. And the great thing is, is that when you do that just for this week and you maybe just write down one thing that God is 
today or God is this week and write out some of these verses and actually write them. Don't just don't just read them. Reading them is awesome. But actually write it down and not just the reference either. Write the whole thing down and just stick it somewhere just to remind yourself of who God is. And maybe then the next time you do wake up at two or three in the morning, yeah, keep putting those requests before the Lord, knowing that He cares for every single situation. He's with us. He's going through the waters with us. But also take time to do exactly what Psalm 119 tells us about offering that midnight praise, all the things that we can praise God for who He is. Thank you for tuning in to The Devoted Podcast. We are a ministry of Athey Creek Christian Fellowship in West Lynn, Oregon. For more resources, or if you need prayer or encouragement, send us an email at devotedpodcast at atheycreek.com.